From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, it's uh, Tuesday, the 20th of February, 2024. Big, big day, big day uh, for journalism and the truth uh, right across the world here as Julian Assange has his hearing uh, to fight against his extradition to America. Of course, today is going to be chock-a-block with content related to that. Uh, we're going to be delving into that with our guests here today. This is, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. It's an unholy hour of the morning here in the UK for Darren and I. Uh, we're not used to this, but Gemma Cooper, the warrior that she is, she's well used to these early starts. Uh, so we're going to try our best to keep our eyes open here uh, and not look too bloodshed and uh, hungover, even though I don't drink, I still look hungover so Sometimes. But anyway, Darren, uh, we've got uh, Richard Willock coming up this hour. We've got Sonia Elijah. We've got Gemma. But before we get to them, Rishi Sunak. Old Rishi's been texting and he's been uh, posting on his ex account as he does. He's been telling us that for over two weeks now, uh, patients have been able to get treated for seven common conditions like sinusitis or earache directly from their local pharmacy. This is freeing up millions millions of GP appointments and giving patients easier access to the care they need when they need it. Are you seeing that translated into the real world or is this just more spin from old fishy Rishi? Uh, I suspect it's probably uh, it's a combination of two things. One, it's spin, and we've seen Rishi Sunak put a load uh, of different tweets out and commentary out on social media. Uh, yesterday was him playing around with his phone on. Oh look, I'm being mm. disturbed by my phone. I'm being, and so now he's on about banning uh, mobile phones in classrooms. I'm not saying that that isn't a positive step for schools and for young students in particular, but a lot of these types of comments are coming out, and the only thing that I can think of is there is an election coming. In fact, it's probably 11 weeks away now, May the 2nd. Uh, so I had a quick look before we come on air, because I knew Rishi Sunak was going to get a mention, just to have a look at his approval rating. Uh, and since uh, in the last 12 months, his approval rating has dropped uh, minus 43. Not sure what it says, it just says minus 43. Uh, I'm assuming that's some points from polling that he has dropped. And I thought, oh my God, he's getting absolutely smashed. Not that, you know, not that the Conservatives don't deserve this. Uh, and then I went and had a look at Labour. He's also in minus numbers. So are the Lib Dems. So are the Greens. In fact, the only political party out there that has a positive improvement in, in voter sentiment uh, is reform. Uh, and I suspect that's just as worrying uh, as Sunak and Labour having a negative number, Rick. Oh my goodness, reform. And if, uh, yeah, well, obviously, uh, people outside the UK probably won't be aware of reform, but it's uh, Richard Tice's uh, party. He's uh, he's really nailed his colours to the mask recently, uh, voicing his support for Zelensky and co and his uh, golden begging bull over in the Ukraine, only too happy uh, to commit more finances that Britain can be do with holding on to themselves to Ukraine if needed. But yeah, crazy. And also, of course, Fishy uh, has been uh, talking about mobile phones in classrooms. It was a really cheesy uh, little promo that he did where his little phone rang and he pulled it out of his oh, little pocket. I actually so don't fake. think that was set. I actually don't think that was set up. I think he's the kind of ignorant <laughs> blurt that would actually have his phone on as he's recording an actual message. So I actually don't think that was fake when he was poking at his phone 
probably it was the wife texting him to say, guess what? We've got another, uh, my dad, my dad's got another government defense contract with the UK or we're doing more uh, work with Russia <laughs> tax free. That's probably what he was being pinged to say. But anyway, uh, wouldn't be right without uh, bashing old fishy first thing in the morning just to get us off the flying start. So please stay tuned. We're going to be right back with the wonderful Gemma Cooper here exclusively on TNT, today's news. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, uh, mobile phones, what an absolute blessing and a curse they are. I'm not going to lie. If my mobile phone was disappearing, a puff of smoke right now, this show and the next one would completely tank. I do so much in that thing. It's got me, Gemma. It's like crack cocaine as well. I can't stop putting it down. I think I'm getting arthritis in my thumbs from scrolling and crap posting constantly on the internet. How can I, how can I get over this? What can I do, Gemma? Well, addiction is addiction, and I think it's the whole world, isn't it? That we're all addicted to it, and um, and they and the manufacturers knew what they were doing when they developed that technology. I mean, the power lies with you, Rick, with this one, but we can't live without them. But the mobile phones in schools, um, <clears throat> this was announced yesterday, wasn't it, by the education secretary? And broadly, it was funny actually. I covered it on the Sonia Porton show, and she said, "This is extraordinary." I find myself agreeing with government policy for the first time in decades. Um, but of course, if if it's addiction, with the the point raised is you take the phones away from kids not just in classrooms but in the break times now and in lunch breaks um are they going to have massive withdrawal symptoms are they going to start smashing up the classrooms are we going to start seeing headlines like that because as you rightly say rick you you find yourself addicted and you're a pretty switched on person but you can't live without it and these kids brains i think they're hardwired they're almost they're one and the same thing they've already merged with these devices so what's going to happen now in schools uh, our teachers going to have to calm pupils down as they go on go on a phone withdrawal rampage it's not out of the question Bring back the birch. That's what I say. Uh, you know, when I was at school, if we, if I, if I talked out a line to some of my teachers, they had a big, a big stick, a cane. Some of them were six feet long. One particular guy had a fondness for uh, using a board ruler, a six foot board ruler, and smashing it over children's backs uh, multiple times. I kid you not. Uh, but I'll tell you what, there was no attention deficit disorders in my class when I went to school. Not with uh, Mr. Kelly there with a big stick, six feet uh, in the corner, waiting to break it over your back. But anyway, enough uh, reminiscing about the good old school days. We've got a very important story here to cover. Uh, There's been a lot of hullabaloo about COVID vaccines. You know, we had the GB News stint last week with Fishy Rishi. Uh, John Watt was on there. He gave him hell in the studio. There's been a lot of kickback from that. Ofcom have got involved now as well. But there seems to be a spin where on one hand they're acknowledging there's a problem with sickness and increased incidences of uh, whatever with the COVID vaccines. But on the other hand, they're playing it down, said it's extremely unlikely that you're going to get sick. Uh, what's the what's the mail been saying about this one this morning, Jim? Well, th this is a, a study that's just come out and it's been it's been carried on global uh, outlets that, over the next, uh, last few hours. You know, America's been running this story and outlets in the UK are running this story. And I think it's because they really uh, they've realised that they can't ignore this uh, because of the amount of anecdotal evidence that we've all got and people, you know, going to their health providers globally saying, look, I don't feel right after having these shots. So they've done the largest ever global study into COVID vaccines, and they have concluded in this study, I mean, listen to this, there were eight different countries, it's a global uh, research project, uh, 99 million vaccine recipients, 13 billion vaccines in total were administered, um, and they were identifying higher rates of 13 particular medical conditions and looking specifically at five, including brain swelling, blood clots, 
Guillain-Barre syndrome, myocarditis, and pericarditis after either after one, two, or three uh, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, or Moderna shots. And they have concluded, yes, there is an increase in heart problems, blood problems, and neurological disorders. They've admitted this now in this big global study, but they keep saying, it's really small. It's really small. Honestly, it's really small. There is a link, but don't worry. It's really, really small. Um, the 13 billion vaccines, they say, have resulted in only 2,000 of these conditions globally. I think we can all attest to knowing somebody mm. or at least knowing somebody of somebody who's got one of these conditions. Uh, and they have said that Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca are linked to significantly higher risks of these particular five conditions that I've just outlined. And also another one, a nerve-wasting condition that leaves people struggling to walk talk and even actually think it affects you cognitively. Um, the lead investigator of this study is the director of Yale New Haven Hospital Center for Outcome Research and Evaluation in the States, but countries across the world took part in this. And the, the actual report itself, I've been wading through it for almost the last hour since I came off air with Dean Mackin, because there is so much data in there for expected outcomes for things like pericarditis and myocarditis, as opposed to the real outcomes after one, two or three shots. And they break it down. People had a reaction after one shot, people that had a reaction after two shots, people that had a reaction after three shots. So there's acres and acres of statistics and data and facts to wade through. But the conclusion is the same. There is a link. Now, even if it is 2000 worldwide, cast your mind back four years ago, one death was one death too many. One death, wasn't mm -hmm. it? One death. We've got thousands, officially, officially. So they're, they're acknowledging the link, but they're trying to play it down. And on the, literally side by side to this story today, there is a health warning being issued in the UK about a, a, a common vitamin added to breakfast cereal, added to pasta, added to bread. It's been doing, they've been doing that food manufacturers for decades. It's called niacin. Today, they've issued a report saying, oh, niacin is at increased risk of heart disease, heart attacks, and strokes. It's really, really bad for you. If you eat breakfast cereal or bread, you probably drop down dead of a heart attack. Not, not linking it to the story I've just outlined. No, no, no. It's all to do with niacin and fortification of foods. So they are clutching at straws still. At least we do have this study. I think they realized they couldn't ignore it, but they're still trying to downplay the very, very severe effects that we all know way more than 2,000 people globally have suffered since these vaccines were introduced. Well, since these experimental injections were introduced. Darren, uh, I'm sure you can remember uh, when you were just but a lad, they used to have a thing called Tipex. You know, it was a little bottle of white fluid. You know, when you made a mistake, you got the Tipex out and you started dabbing the page. I think this report, when this reporters came out, they've looked at the figures and it was like 2 million uh, people have been affected or killed. And they've got the Tipex out and they've said, let's let's remove three or four zeros off of the back of that. Because as Gemma's rightly pointed out, you know, this is tip of the iceberg stuff. And even if they did give the real figures that they actually have, it's still tip of the iceberg stuff because they estimate, you know, 90% of these cases were never reported to the yellow card scheme in the first place. So where, where do we go to get accurate figures in this, Darren? Um, I don't think we're ever truly going to find out what the, the reality and the landscape is in terms of COVID harms. My own real world experience is just about everybody, and I do, do mean just about everybody who got vaccinated is even now suffering with some health problems. I've had friends who have had heart attacks of businesses that have been shot because they've lost staff after going for a, a Friday afternoon together session to get their jabs. And I'm looking at some of these statistics. Uh, I'll pick on Moderna, a particularly nasty 
nasty, uh, a particularly nasty uh, version of the mRNA product. And it says that uh, myocarditis first dose, you're 3.48 times more likely uh, to suffer from the myocarditis or heart conditions. And then you go to second dose, uh, six times more likely. Is that six times more likely after you've had a first dose where you were three times more likely? And you go through these stats and I'll do a little bit of math, you know, three times six, you know, what's that? It's going to be 18 times more likely. You go up to the fourth dose, that's two and a half times more likely. So you can do some more maths again. It sounds like after your fourth dose, your fourth booster shot, you're about 40 times more likely to get myocarditis. Uh, I think that those statistics and those numbers are a little bit deceiving in the way that they've put them out in the Daily Mail. They probably are telling the truth. And all I can say is don't get the jab. Uh, one thing, just uh, jam it around this one off, one thing that they definitely have not underestimated, at least in the mainstream media spin here, uh, one of the uh, strap lines in this article says COVID vaccines are estimated estimated to have averted more than 19 million deaths worldwide, including 3 million in the US alone. The fact of the matter is there isn't any evidence at all, not one shred of evidence that can prove that these jabs, <laughs> I don't want to call them anything more uh, horrific first thing in the morning, these death shots haven't saved a single life. If anything, it's the other way around. Maybe uh, they should flip the figures in this one. Maybe it's uh, 19 million people have been killed or injured uh, rather than the 2000 that they're reporting on uh, here in the mail. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And what I find extraordinary is, you know, this report, I don't think that the, the uh, this particular mainstream outlet has skewed the figures. I think that this mm. is the way they've been reported in this particular mm. report yeah. to kind of bamboozle yeah. uh, media outlets. You know, with a there are so many stats in here. You've just broken down a tiny element. Very well, actually, Darren, illustrated that very well. But there's dozens and dozens of stats to wade through. And I think that's, that's how they've presented this report globally to media outlets so that nobody can really get to the bottom of, well, what's the real risk? But I find it extraordinary that on the same day this report has come out, we also have a well-known breakfast vitamin fortified in, in, in cereals and bread and in pasta, niacin, which has been around for decades. And they're suddenly jumping up and down going, don't eat breakfast cereal if it's got niacin in it. It will give you a heart attack. And it's seemingly downplaying the, the, the results of this global huge um, study. They're still linking as much as they can heart problems, cardiovascular problems to anything else on the planet except these jabs. That's what I find the juxtaposition quite quite, quite telling, actually. But this this study has gone global. There's lots of outlets in the US that have picked this up over the last few hours. And, and you know, it's great. It's gaining traction. But you need forensic analysis of the figures to find out, you know, even a, even a glimmer of a true reality of where we are with these things. You do, and poor old Niacin, poor old Niacin's getting the thin end of the wedge here. I can just see it now. Niacin will probably make a Twitter account, start up a GoFundMe, uh, the fight the legal case for defamation of character uh, linked in with myocarditis. It's just doing its business in our bread and pasta. It's not trying to give anybody any heart disease, but that's what they need. They need scapegoats, and of course, they're going to bring as many into this equation as humanly possible. Gemma, massive thanks to you for the input, of course, here this morning. We'll talk again in the next star uh, for Locked and Loaded show. Uh, and in the meantime, we've got to take a brief pause. And when we come back, we've got Richard Willett. Uh, so please stay tuned for more magic here on TNT, today's news talk. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably in terms of conflicts, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted 
uh, a number of years, and only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Journalism is not a crime. We're covering Julian Assange's two-day public hearing at the UK High Court and live from London. This is today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome back to TNT Radio. You're here with me, Didi Danslow, on Open Line with Rick Munn. I'm standing in for Natalie on this big, important day uh, as TNT broadcast from the steps of Assange's hearing. A decision is going to be made today on whether he should be extradited to the USA. Uh, Assange's wife has come out saying he will not survive in a US jail, whilst at the same time, the BBC is pouring love all over Navalny. Uh, with us today, I've got Richard Willett. Richard, uh, really, really good to see you this morning. Thanks for getting up so early. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Got a little, our second little one's just been born, so I, I think I'm a bit mental. But other than that, good. Uh, I, was, I wasn't going to comment on the bleary eyes, but I am going to now, Richard. Oh, you've just had uh, a new baby arrive in your house. How how is that going, boy or girl? Uh, a little boy. So as a second boy, I've got a three-year-old and a, a four-week a month today, yesterday. So yes, mental. Uh. <laughs> yeah, mental. Yeah, I'm sure you've got your work cut out, my friends. Uh, yeah, I was just scouring uh, the BBC this morning to see what sort of stories they had on Julian Assange. Uh, they gave a bit of a lowdown on, on some of his purported crimes of journalism uh, and his wife saying that, you know, he will not survive in the US. Uh, do you think the decision today is going to go Julian Assange's way? Or is he going to be looking at trying to fight some way uh, of not being put on a British Airways plane uh, and flown over? to the US to a prison now what's going to happen today I think um, I think it will be used as a political tool you've got to think that these people are just being used in, in a certain way maybe there's far more to it than I know um, I'm no, no expert on Assange but I think that someone will step in from the US and use it as a look I saved him type political pull and I think that will be Robert Kennedy um, could be Trump. Trump had his chance. I think he'll be used at the last minute. I hope, maybe it's just a bit of hope that someone will come in and say, look, I saved him and that will be used to look, now vote for me. I'm a good guy. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I could see that happening. Maybe it's just a bit of hope. Yeah, I mean, it's an open goal, uh, very, very similar to sort of COVID, you know, excess deaths uh, and the vaccine injuries that we were just, just talking with uh, Gemma. It's actually an open goal for any political candidate, including here in the UK. Rishi Sunak, who's been making all sorts of claims on pharmacies and mobile phones and schools, he could come out and effectively end all of this if he wanted to. Uh, would it be a vote winner? Uh, are the public interested that much in the Assange case? that they may vote for RFK or Trump or even Sunak uh, if they were to quash uh, this case against him? 
I think so. In my opinion, I absolutely think so because it's it's kind of like a level where it's a bit popular. It's almost like popular po- politics in that sense. People, everybody knows who he is. It would go, oh my god, he's a nice guy without actually understanding that RFK and Trump are both cabalists. They're both actually openly Kabbalah followers, openly Habadniks. Um, they both follow the Habadnik. Uh, digging tunnels everywhere so they are one and the same they are both pro-israel but they won't be looking that deep into it so they'll be seeing it as a political tool you've got jfk i'm sorry rfk jr at the moment all over his instagram feed going trump didn't pardon assange although he did pardon jared kushner's um family members who again is a habadnik um but again when you really look into it You've got Rabbi Shmuley, who's a padnik, controlling JFK, um, RFK at the moment. And you've got um, Jared Kushner, who's probably handling Trump, a badnik. So really, it's the illusion of choice. But again, coming back to most people won't look into that level of it. And I think see it as a bargaining tool. But again, you're looking at theatre here, a theatre of politics, as it always is. And I think that's really important for people to understand that this is how little they think of someone like an Assange, of, as much as I know. And I probably far more to it than I and I think there actually is. Um, but that's how much they see. He's a pawn in a game for them at the moment. Um, do you, will, he, will he survive? This is a, pretty much a closed question, Richard. Uh, will he survive in the US drown or will he get Epstein's? Um, I think, well, again, what happened to Epstein? I mean, I don't think Epstein, in my opinion, there was there's more to that there. It's like the Titanic when um that went down or possibly been switched to the other one. That was the, 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 the boat didn't come along and save it that was supposed to. Everyone was asleep on the ship at the time and they had to send another one that came across four hours later. You allow these things to happen. So if Epstein actually isn't with us anymore, which I'm still not convinced of that, I believe that he might be somewhere under the tunnels in Zorro Ranch down there in the New Mexico <laughs> desert somewhere messing about the um, Assange would be allowed to be taken out. But again, I still think that when we look at these things, you've got to think that there's levels and levels and levels of this that we don't understand. And we're on the top level. We're talking about, um, we're talking about uh, agents, Intel agents that could be double crossing, triple crossing, jumping back and forth from either side. And um, I don't know enough about Assange's background or where he come from, although I believe he's being used because he's he is on the spectrum of autism quite clearly um, that he's being used in a game here that um, that he trusts people way too much. But again, could there be more going on in the background than we know? Um, it's all theatre. I don't trust any of them as far as i'm concerned it doesn't mean they're all evil it means the system is absolute mess and none of them even to come to an assange i don't know if we're being told the full story with him either to be honest Mm -hmm. um i couldn't tell you i and i would be lying if i knew said that i could so would he survive is it part of a longer game? Is he supposed to survive? Does he go there and he disappears and he's he's not no long with us? But it was all a, he was supposed. He, Epstein isn't in there. He isn't in there. They come in. They play their role. They go out. That's just again. That's just being a conspiracy theorist. I question every single one of them to the extent where I don't know them personally and I have no idea whether we're being told the truth. So we we start on the basis of how we have to take some things as truth and then we build everything above that. But uh-huh. again, the more you dig at it, the more you realise that actually we've seen a lot of fear here, especially in the alternative media. Look at the likes of Tucker Carlson. His dad was um, 
Intel. His dad was Dick Tolson was Intel. He was part of the U, the U.S. media intelligence groups. You look at Alex Jones. Alex Jones has a wealth of Intel background in his family. He openly talks about his uncle being CIA. Um, so we're not looking at what we think we're looking at here. And I think we need to come to understand that, that maybe there's far more going on here than, than we understand. It never made sense to me. I don't know about you, and maybe you can answer this. Why... He's being. He was worried about being going, being arrested in Sweden, going to Sweden to trial for the allegations that clearly weren't true and they were dropped. But he was worried about being extradited to the US. That didn't make sense to me. Why would he be tried in the US for something that happened in Sweden? Maybe I'm missing something that you guys can fill me in. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I'm afraid well, like, I can't. Uh, sorry, go no, on, Rick. like you oh. rightly said. Listen, there's, there's, everybody's on some kind of spectrum somewhere, and uh, the Bible says, "Let he who is without sin cast the first stone." So none of us are perfect. That much is sure. And whilst I agree that uh, we have to question everything that's going on in the world these days, and unfortunately, a lot of people have fallen into the trap of just believing everything that's set in front of them. But on the other side, you have people that believe absolutely everything is false. It's like the Truman Show when there has to be layers and things to, to what's going on. And yeah. We don't know uh, the exact details of everybody's background. We don't know what the playing is going on behind the scenes. But what we do know is that this is a massive landmark case today. And if it doesn't go uh, Assange's way and he does get extradited and he does get sent to a supermax in Florence and dies there, it's going to be a death knell for independent journalism and investigative journalism, not just in the UK, but right across the world. So that's something we'll have to keep very focused on here this morning. Those are the facts. That's what we know for sure. And that's what we're zoning in on this morning, Didi. Yeah, I mean, it's almost it's, it's almost certainly if he does get extradited to the USA, it is a warning shot across the bowels of every journalist. Play ball, don't dig too deeply, don't report on stuff that you know the establishment don't want out there in the public domain, because if you do, you might go the same way as Julian Assange. Uh, final comments, uh, Richard, we're about to go to a break. Uh, any other comment on, on the Assange case today, my friend? No, I completely agree with what you're saying. We have to start at a basis of, of some sort of reality um, and um, you'll drive yourself mad. And and if he does go there, then absolutely, that's a warning shot to everybody, every other journalist um, um, there. And that's an absurd case. So obviously, he do hopefully he doesn't go there. I think that there'll be a political stand-in and I think it'll be used as a political pawn. Again, mm. that's a great thing because we want Assange to be able to... Uh, to be safe and back with his children. He's got two little kids there. That is very real. Them, two, them uh -huh. children don't know about this nonsense. They shouldn't be dragged into this. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But I believe also another level of that where he will be used as a political pawn in some way or another. Hopefully it's for the betterment of the Assange family. Indeed, indeed. It will be interesting to see if he does uh, get acquitted. You know, he, his extradition is squashed. What he then comes out and says, if anything, whether he got, chooses to remain silent after that or come out and spill the beans and maybe give us some more layers of information that so far uh, the public haven't had uh, to them. OK, uh, Richard, thanks ever so much for coming mm -hmm. on. Maybe Thank you can you. go and get a couple of hours kit now uh, before the baby wakes up again uh, and uh, hope to speak and see you soon. Uh, and to everybody else here on TNT Radio, we are going to take a quick break now. Uh, so please stay right with us here on TNT Radio. The news you need when you need it. Oh, you have a deep voice. TNT. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. 
The fate of WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange could be sealed this week, with London's High Court to rule within days whether or not he has grounds to appeal his extradition to the United States. US Republicans are pushing to start loaning instead of gifting money to Ukraine, and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected a two-state solution, vowing to never support the establishment of a permanent Palestinian state. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. Okay, uh, we continue merrily on this train that we're on today, navigating also the good ship TNT through the turbulent waters of life. Very happy to be joined again by Sonia Elijah here this morning. Sonia is a forensic investigative journalist. Uh, she's a broadcaster, a writer, and a researcher, and a contributor to Trial Site News, the Brownstone Institute, a conservative woman, amongst other things. Good morning, Sonia, and how are you doing this fine uh, Tuesday morning? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, well, under the circumstances, I think we're doing okay. Things could be a lot worse. Uh, we could be banged up in Belmarsh Prison, separated from our families, <laughs> rotting literally uh, for five years and facing extradition into an ADX Supermax prison for a possible 175 years uh, treason charge, which I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I could hack that, uh, even if it did live for another 175 years uh that's not where i would want to end my days sonia yes yes i mean this is the most uh important press freedom case in the world i would say um what essentially it's saying it's sending a message loud and clear that if journalists like myself um or whistleblowers uh decide to disclose uh, war crimes or crimes against humanity, um, that can result in uh, you rotting in the pr in a prison cell for the rest of your entire life. Um, this is um, it is a, an attack on the public's right to know essentially what their governments have been up to. Um, so this is this is such a critical case, and it will set a precedence. This is what you know. If if he gets if Julian Assange gets extradited, and faces up to one hundred and seventy five years in a maximum security prison, it will set a precedent to to all sort of you know all journalists out there, whistleblowers that um, um, that you know this is a this is like a, a real risk to to journalism in general. Uh, again, to the right to know, and um, it's 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 truly terrible. It makes really, I would say, a mockery. It would make a mockery of the UK justice system. And uh, if 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 they ruled, you know, that that he needs to, you know, he'll be extradited. Uh, these I understand two UK judges will be doing the ruling, um, and it will show loud and clear that the UK is just doing uh, the US's bidding, essentially, as a US puppet if that mm -hmm. were to happen. You have, uh, the first time I ever spoke to you actually on TNT was about two years ago, just uh, coming up to two years ago. And I can remember the first time we spoke, you have this thing pinned on your uh, Twitter page and it's a quote from George Orwell. Now at the time we were discussing uh, your investigations into uh, you know the Pfizer jobs and the mRNA shots, but it seems to be particularly pertinent this morning. Uh, the quote reads, uh, journalism, is printing what someone else does not want printed. Everything else is simply 
public relations. And for those who are maybe not familiar uh, with this Assange trial, you know, he was literally just simply publishing information yes. that had been passed to him, putting it into the public domain because it was of interest to the general public. So effectively, as Stella Assange was saying yesterday, he's effectively, his crime, if anything, is the crime of actual journalism, printing yes. uh, what someone else does not want printed. It is very Orwellian, this whole business, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, essentially Assange published, I think, over 700,000 uh, US classified documents, which revealed the commissioning of war crimes, torture uh, from places like Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Guantanamo. And it's it's again, again, it sends a message loud and clear to journalists. Um, you know, if you do this, it's it's you know, you will you will rot in jail, you'll rot in prison. Um, so it's totally dystopian, uh, totally Orwellian, and it has no place in our society today. It absolutely has no place because it is a suppression of, you know, free our freedoms, the public's right to know. And this essentially is ironclad censorship going on, right? This is just another ugly face of censorship. Um, that uh, you're not allowed to speak if you're if you're um, revealing something that goes against the narrative. Uh, it, it it sort of uh, suppresses, censors any dissenting voices, and it is it has no place in our society today. I mean, it's just it's like we're in the dark ages, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is what is this? You know, this is we're 2024, and this is what's going on. And it's just getting worse and worse. I mean, it's just this, this, it's again, I said, it's, 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 is it another face of censorship that that's going on? And um, it's very troubling, very disturbing. And, you know, places like WikiLeaks, it's, it's, it's so, it has such an essential role because what it's doing, it's actually holding states to account, right? It's revealing what's going on. It's essentially revealing the truth, right? And, um, and they, you know, that's that's obviously not that's forbidden. That's prohibited. This is this is this this is what's going on right now, and um, so it's it's a really it would be a very very dark day if if he were to get extradited to the US. Mm. And Darren, uh, just to get your uh, views on this one too, you know, all joking aside, this is a deadly serious test case. I'm going to say all joking aside, what I was going to make the point of is today we're discussing Julian Assange's uh, possible extradition to America on a trumped up uh, charge. He's never actually been convicted of anything yet. He's been locked up for five years in Belmarsh, literally a hellhole. Uh, if this doesn't go uh, his way, this could set a precedent on you, me, and possibly Sonia, probably Sonia, actually, and you and me could end up in the same type of condition somewhere down the line. I know that sounds like I'm I'm trying to be flippant, but I'm not. It's that serious. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's deadly serious in the case of Julian Assange. Uh, and actually, you said he hasn't actually been charged with any crimes. And the crimes that they're suggesting that he's being charged with was actually only handling documents that were provided to him. He he never hacked anything. WikiLeaks never hacked anything. They just received information and then published it. So where does that leave journalism? Whether you're in the alternative media space, like we are here at TNT, and uh, Sonia is with her own uh, journalism, or if you're in the mainstream media, if someone provides you with some information, do you want to put this out into the 
the public sphere because that's a risk. You can imagine being quite nervous, even even putting myself as an individual. We've experienced it on Twitter where you put, you know, oh, vaccines are dangerous and here's some evidence and you lose, you get cancelled straight away. Could that level of cancellation, uh, information suppression and censorship uh, increase to the next level, whatever that is in the Orwellian hierarchy of censorship? Uh, it could well be that that is where they will move if they're successful in sending Julian Assange to a max prison uh, in the USA, Rick. Yeah, Sonia, just uh, as we bring this one day close, uh, I can remember dancing around on t on Twitter. Darren danced around, got banned multiple times. You were dancing around a little bit with your terminology to make sure your account didn't get banned simply for producing uh, the results of extensive research and based on facts, I'm trying to present them to people. And for that, you were almost tippy-toeing around on eggshells. Yeah. Darren makes a good point. Let me ask you just for your final thoughts on this one, Sonia. But if, uh, God forbid, this doesn't go Sonia's way today here, uh, are we going to go back to those days of tippy-toeing around? Not just yeah. talking about mRNA shots, but literally, uh, what about if we talk out about climate? What if we talk out about CBDCs? What if we talk out about digital identity? What if we talk out about any host of information uh, related to certain topics? Are we going to back to those eggshell days again, or at least will that pave the way for that to happen, Sonia? Um, what I would say is essentially it would be a lot worse, Rick, because um, it's not just about tippy-toeing and, and just sort of, you know, uh, dancing around certain terms and terminology. And uh, it will be if you decide to publish the truth of what's really going revealing uh, crimes against humanity, corporate crimes, government crimes, uh, you actually could potentially be sentenced to death. Because if you face a life sentence of 175 years, that essentially is, you know, you're going to rot, mm -hmm. you're going to die mm -hmm. in jail. It. You have no life. You have no freedom. So it's it's so much worse. Um, this is another level. Like I said, it takes a precedence if if this happens. And we know that all the human rights uh, uh, groups, organizations, freedom of the press organizations are all declaring that he should not be extradited. We have the UN special rapporteur, um, Alice Jill Edwards, recently saying, calling on the UK authorities to not extradite Julian Assange. Um, you know, really, you have the whole world saying don't extradite him. And so but at this point, I don't have. I don't have a lot of faith in our justice system. I mean, if this it's if if this turns out ugly and he does end up getting sent back, it's a very sad day, not just for Britain, not just for the UK, but for the for the whole world. It is, it is, and also it's worth noting, guys, as well, that solitary confinement is recognized as a form of torture. I think the actual yeah. uh, guidelines are any more than 20 days maximum uh, is actually a form of torture. And of course, uh, Assange has been uh, locked up for five years, over five years, in hellish conditions in Belmarsh. And I've done a lot of research in the, you know, prisons, uh, something that I, you know, investigate in my own spare time. And if you want to experience a little taste of what Assange is going through. Sit in your bathroom, just your bathroom for one day, 24 hours in your bathroom with no TV, no nothing, no visitors, no exercise, no nothing. One day. And that will give you an example of what a day is like in solitary confinement. And I imagine doing that for a week and then a month and then a year and two years and three years and possibly the next 175 
That's why it is torture, guys. It destroys people's minds and turns mm -hmm. them to mush. So uh, big thanks to you this morning, Sonia, uh, for hopping on and giving, giving us your views on this one. If you don't already do so, uh, follow Sonia on the X or Twitter platform at Sonia underscore Elijah, E-L-I-J-A-H. And there's a link through to all her websites on that. So please feel free to follow her and support her in the great work that she does. That's Sonia Elijah. So big thanks, thanks to you Sonia. again. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again sooner rather than later. So, yeah, we've got to take a break right now. And then Darren and I will be back uh, with more news. The lines are open. If you feel like giving us a call, please feel free to do that uh, before the top of the hour. But please stay tuned for more here on TNT, today's news talk. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. What a dink! Nikki Haley had a record fundraising month in January. January ended last Wednesday, and last Wednesday was the day that Nikki was in Miami Beach meeting with a Democrat billionaire mega donor. Yeah, I'm sure those three things had nothing to do with each other. Right. Tell you something else that has nothing to do with anything. And that's Democrat politicians with R's after their name, like Nikki, like Chris Christie, like Lindsey Graham, like Mitt Romney, like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, you know the type, and Republican values. And yet all of them claim that they are in politics to preserve and uphold Republican values. Now, if you want genuine Republican values, you've got to look at Donald Trump, at the America First agenda. You've got to look at what make America great again really means. It means a rising tide lifts all boats. It means prosperity for regular workaday people, not just elites whose values are more in line with Davos than with those in the Dakotas. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk, TNT. I want to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I need to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. Why can't I eat, eat, eat apples and bananas? Support the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need. Join us at feedingamerica.org. Will Julian be extradited back to the USA? Live from London and covering Julian Assange's two-day public hearing at the UK High Court, this is today's News Talk TNT. Okay, uh, we are live, as we always are here this morning on uh, TNT, today's news talk. I'm very happy to be joined, blessed, nay, blessed, to be joined by the Mr., uh, the one and only Mr. Darren Denzo, Darren of Plymouth, uh, Darren Jenner, Walsnet. He's got more aliases than Grant Shops, as our Darren. Uh, Darren, <laughs> so much happening at the minute. We're talking predominantly, of course, this morning about uh, Julian Assange, but uh, another high-profile alleged death, uh, Alexei Navalny, his widow's coming out the governments are jumping all over this one uh weeping and wailing gnashing of teeth crocodile tears being shed for the death of freedom and suppression of uh, a dissenting voice uh, are they uh, have they been told what's happening in london today uh, why are they focusing on what's been going on over in russia 
Uh, well, I mean, it might be, Rick, that they are trying to distract from the Assange case by focusing on somebody else who they support as a political dissident in Russia. Uh, it turns out from just some very cursory, just a little bit of scratching of the surface, you find that Navalny wasn't a particularly nice character. Mm. Uh, he's very right wing. They don't tell you that in the mainstream media. Uh, he's on record of being incredibly racist, calling Muslims cockroaches uh, but that again not mentioned in the mainstream media uh, there's been no he, he died in prison he died out actually having the walk he had a collapse there's various rumors around as what might be the cause his wife is uh, saying oh he's been not for chopped he's been uh, he's been in receipt uh, of some Russian poison probably delivered by hand by Putin himself in a cup of tea if you're gonna believe the mainstream media but obviously I'm gonna try and be careful what I say here right uh, because I don't want to be assanged. Uh, but his wife has also, his, his wife has um, uh, come out. She says that she's going to continue on uh, with his work. She is making a, a variety of accusations in between the fake tears uh, and the fake laughing and smiling that we've seen uh, from her face immediately after her husband's death. Uh, yeah, it, the hypocrisy stinks. It's okay. Amer an American journalist, Gonzalo Lira, he can die in a Ukrainian prison. No means media attention assange he's getting some media attention but in a very clever and negatively worded way that makes him out to be the bad guy and navalny a dissident in russia who nobody supports regardless of what you might hear in the mainstream there haven't been thousands and thousands uh, congregating in moscow uh, to, to to pour their heart out for the death of this much loved political character that hasn't happened in fact there's they've reported hundreds across 30 countries so you can imagine those protests in each of those individual countries was very, very small. Again, Rick, the hypocrisy stinks in this case. Yeah, the hypocrisy is off the scale. And that's what sticks in my throat about all of this, Darren. It, it's bad enough what Assange is going through. But then to have all these uh, scumbags uh, who are pretending to care about justice and freedom and liberty and freedom of speech, effectively, uh, you know, dumping as much of their hatred and rage towards one man as you could ever hope to have dumped. And, uh, you know, I I've genuinely, uh, when I think about, uh, you know, don't, don't forget, before uh, Assange was taken from the Ecuadorian embassy, you know, he spent what you know the best part of 10 years or so hold up uh, as a you know a, an in an open prison in the Ecuadorian mm. embassy he couldn't set foot outside there or else he would be arrested and then of course he was arrested and brought to Belmarsh so this thing hasn't just been five years of Belmarsh it's been well over a decade including time hold up in the Ecuadorian embassy effectively for simply publishing uh, something that had been handed to him and it's worth noticing as uh, well Darren uh, when we talk about the option for presidential pardons uh, Trump could have pardoned Assange. Barack Obama could have pardoned Assange. And the Home Secretary uh, in the UK does have the power to have him released today. Uh, yep. It's as simple as that. And even mm -hmm. the Australian government, the, the Aussies under Albanese, maybe they're seeing some opportunities, uh, opportunities here uh, to score a few points with the Australian public. Uh, they're asking, or they voted uh, this week uh, in a majority to bring him back over to Australia again. So they didn't mention him as an Aussie citizen for the longest time. Now, all of a sudden, Parliament has voted unanimously, yeah, bring our boy home, bring our boy home. Uh, it's bad enough being 
thinking about uh, what your future may be, Darren, but to be used literally as a tug-of-war political pawn by so many people, that would do your head right in too, wouldn't it? I, I can't even begin to imagine uh, the, the mental anguish that that guy's going through. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about him being in solitary confinement in Belmarsh for the last five years. Yeah, he was probably effectively in solitary confinement, mm -hmm. even if it was self-imposed while he stayed in the Ecuadorian mm -hmm. uh, embassy. Uh, and it just goes to show what happened there when he was, you know, he was quite sort of acrimoniously removed and bundled out of that embassy into a back of van. You saw him with his, his beard and his unkept state. He looked like he was quite unclean as well. So he was probably already at that time before being put in prison, really, really suffering. And it just goes to show maybe Ecuador at the time were really trying to do the right thing. But eventually, the USA and their allies and whoever is responsible for really pushing this case forward got to them. I suspect there's nobody who can't be got to in the case of Julian Assange or any other journalist who decides to put out information that, uh, that contradicts or contravenes uh, the mainstream narrative. I don't think anybody is safe. Uh, there's no one that cannot be got to. Uh, and Richard Willett suggested earlier, our guest, uh, at uh, 20 past that maybe we're in for a surprise i doubt it the establishment doesn't really like surprises that go against uh, their ambitions and i suspect assange will be on a plane on his way to a supermax prison in uh, the usa probably never to be seen again Here's the thing. I just want to acknowledge as well, by the way, Darren, of course, things are super fast paced, breakneck paced here this morning. So we don't get um, a lot of time to check in on the live chat. So a lot of comments have been posted in the live chat this morning about everything we've been talking about. Just want to pick up on one uh, comment as well. Uh, we Fat Shug says, uh, I'm guessing Rick and Didi are holding the fort uh, while the outdoor crew get ready. That's 100% correct. Uh, there's a little change in programming both today and tomorrow and uh, also possibly on Friday of this week just to make sure that the people that would have been in the studio are actually on the ground in London at the minute. So uh, Sonia Poulton is coming up, Abbey Roberts is coming up, uh, David Curtin is coming up, the guys are all coming up. It's just we've moved the programming a little bit because obviously they're on the ground in England and Darren's up in Plymouth and I'm over uh, just outside of Belfast. So yes, and we appreciate all the support in here this morning as well. Drumsticks in there, Molly Bites of course, Miss Lippy, uh, Bia Dallas is in there, uh, Mazzy's in there, Red, uh, so many people. Uh, Shinri T is in there as well. First time I've seen that name as well. So tons of people in the live chat uh, enjoying the programming this morning. Another thing is, Darren, you know, uh, for what it's worth, you know, I do try and, you know, put myself into people's shoes to try and empathize with what they're going through. And Assange does have autism as well. And I don't know about you, mate. But I like peace and quiet. Uh, I don't like uh, noisy neighbours. I don't like going to cafes when there's noisy people sitting beside me. That's just Sorry. me. I, I have to stick earphones in or just go and be away from people. This guy as well, he's banged up in Belmarsh. That's a high security mental hospital. There's mental cases in there too. A lot of people with mental disorders, screaming, banging on the walls, incessant noise, lights on all the time. The sensory torture from that alone, I don't know if I could stick a day of that, let alone five years, man. I'd be like a gibbering wreck. That would be deliberate as well. 
Uh, they mm -hmm. would have put, and I'm the same as you, Rick. Uh, I sit in silence for most of my days, uh, and I do sort of tend to avoid crowded and busy places because it sort of pecks my head, if that makes any sense. All those people talking and getting about their life and talking nonsense. And you imagine that in a prison system where maybe half the patients there or half the inmates there are, are slightly crazy, as we would define them. They're making a lot of noise. There's a man in there who's committed no crime we all know at least on the surface uh, that he's committed no crime uh, and it could also well be because of his high profile nature that he might get special attention from some prison guards especially if uh, the u.s authorities have had a little whisper in their ear uh, and it might be the same for some of the inmates they they, they may, he might have support from one half of the inmates who are uh, understand his situation and they're all innocent as well uh, and then there's another half of inmates who um have been you know propagandized through their time yeah. in prison uh, to say that he's a bad guy and they might be calling him out. He might be in some danger from some of these prisoners. Depends on how much and how uh, confined he is in his solitary. Mm -hmm. And he is, uh, you know, he's completely removed from everything. And if you can imagine too, uh, when you when you are isolated from that, it does give you time to think, albeit with a sensory overload from every avenue, from the sounds and the, the smells and the lack of good food, the lack of, he hasn't seen his kids. He hasn't been with his kids for Christmases for the last, you know, three or four or five years, however old his kids are as well. And he's separated from his wife. He must have a lot to say, Darren. Uh, we were speculating, you know, if he's released, uh, if if it goes his way and he's released, what will he say? Will he say anything at all? I don't think he'll say anything straight away. I think he'll just be so relieved and so overwhelmed to be out. I think he'll have to go and just sit like you're talking about in silence and collect himself. And can you imagine what he does have to say, the things that he has been thinking of? And again, the frustration of not being able to say that. Like, look at you and I, we've got freedom here this morning. We can say what we want. We've got uh, five days a week, we can do this. You've got a show on a Sunday as well. We've got complete freedom. Can you imagine if you were completely silenced, you, just you, or I was completely silenced and been told no more thoughts, no more sharing your views, no more spreading the truth. You just sit there and you be quiet in your little... 10 foot by 8 foot cell uh, with people screaming and banging on the walls. Man, it is torture. It is absolute cool. torture. I, I, I couldn't think of anything worse. I, I, I'd hate the thought of me, myself, one day being in a similar position confined for a crime in a prison. It's like everybody's worst nightmare being taken away from society. And it could well be that the reason that he's been treated like he has is because he's got more skeletons in the cupboard. He's got more mm -hmm. information that he wants to release. It could be incredibly damning for some very high profile people and for the USA and the West in general and if he does get uh you know oh we're gonna let you go but here's the nda you've got to sign this you break release any more information about the activities of the u.s government its military etc then you are going to get uh you, know, you might get a, a a visit from putin uh with a cup of tea uh like uh navalny did so uh i it, it's not really a win-win situation for assange no. But obviously, the best of the two bad situations that I've just described, that we've just described, is that he is released from prison and he is sent home to his family. It is. And the other thing worth noting as well is don't forget the CIA did 
plot to kill him while he was in the Ecuadorian embassy. So it's not out of the question at all that, that people want to see him suffer as much as humanly possible. And for what it's worth, Darren, in my own opinion, I don't think he'll be uh, bumped off like Epstein allegedly was. I think for wickedness and just for absolute evil mm -hmm. sake, they know he's suffering terribly mentally. And Stella Sanchez uh, voiced her concern that he could commit suicide if he's sent to a uh, supermax yeah. prison in uh, America. I don't think they'll kill him, Darren. I think they'll relish what Watching him suffer and I think they'll relish watching him possibly taking his own life because that's the kind of sickos that we're actually dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, if you want to truly understand the awfulness or, uh, and the unfairness uh, and the illegality of the behavior of Western governments here in the UK uh, and in the USA, Sweden were involved, you know, it's good old Sweden, Australia, everybody's had a little bit of badness to, to input into this case. But if you want to know how bad they are, just look at Julian Assange, look at what they've done to him and look at the prolonged torture that they've put him through. And that may well continue into the years and they will relish it. They will relish it and they will relish the fact that no other journalist may commit a similar crime as such as journalism, uh, again, because of fear that they may go the same way as Julian Assange. Yeah, it's a grim, a grim outcome, but we're, listen, we've still got to retain some hope, okay, because if we don't have hope, then we're filled with despair, and despair means that despite everything looking bad, there's absolutely no way out of this, but it's not looking good. However, who knows what the next day and tomorrow will bring. Obviously, this is a two-day thing, and what Stella Sanchez has also said is that if it doesn't go his way as soon as this week, literally within 24 hours, it's possible that he could be bundled onto a plane and sent over to America. Just like that, uh, they're not going to hang around with this one, Darren, if the outcome does not go Assange's way. So we're up to time on this. Unbelievable. Uh, this hour's rocketed by. Massive thanks to you for stepping into the breach here this morning, Darren. Good to and, be on. Uh, also, yeah, love, lovely to have you. And also, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow morning at the same time, 7 a.m. Uh, I'll be back after the news headlines, yes, uh, with a couple of guests plus Gemma Cooper. So please don't go away. Stay tuned for more here on TNT Today's News Talk.